Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for December 20th, 2021. I am your host, JD, from New York. And this is Off The Script. Thank you so very much for joining me wherever you guys may be on your Monday nights. Me, I am still a little bit under the weather. I'm still getting over whatever I had for the last... Six days or so, Monday Night Raw, obviously terrible, as always, did not make me feel any better at all. I didn't expect it to, but I fully expected it to make me feel worse. This show is as lifeless as anything I've seen in all of professional wrestling, man, in all my years watching professional wrestling. Up and down from the matches to the way the matches are structured to the way the show is structured to the way these people cut their promos like a Liv Morgan and a Becky Lynch. It is downright just egregious to the pro wrestling fan, man. It, it, it really is just fucking depressing. If I didn't have to be here tonight, I was honestly... For the first time in a very long time, just seriously contemplating, just cutting the fucking show tonight and not even being on here. That's how that's how little I cared about this show. And, and normally I don't want to be here on any given Monday because the show is just fucking garbage. But mixed with how I feel, there's really nothing to talk about. There genuinely is nothing to talk about. Nothing happened on this show. Day one is pretty much set. WWE's already given you what they have to give you on Monday night for day one. So all I'm going to sit here and do is completely shit on everything they gave you tonight because nothing really sat well with me. There was no excitement. Crowd was fucking dead all night. WWE is relying. Can I get this off my chest first before I get into the goddamn review? What is with you fucking people relying on piped in crowd noise? Did you guys watch that show tonight? All I'm hearing, for right from the top, as soon as Bobby Lashley gets out there, right from the top, piped in crowd noise. I see people sitting on their fucking hands, not moving a goddamn lip, not getting out of their chairs, cheering. I'm hearing piped in crowd noise on Raw. Why? I 
thought we were out of the Thunderdome. We have live human beings, no matter where the fuck they are. Bumblefuck Milwaukee. I don't give a shit where you are. Make some fucking noise. And if they're not making noise, why don't you just give me the genuine reaction of the crowd sitting in fucking silence? I don't need you to pipe in crowd noise to make your obviously unentertaining show entertaining. You look like a bunch of fucking geeks by piping in crowd. When, the, when have you ever seen Tony Khan pipe in crowd noise for an AEW show? Oh, that's right. AEW shows are exciting. Those are real fucking fans. Now, WWE is trying to pretend that their shows are exciting. Meanwhile, we all see the people not moving a fucking limb in these venues. It's unreal, man. It is fucking depressing. And they think they could get away with it. They think they can get away with it. It is so fucking sad. Piped in crowd noise. Nothing about these matches or anything is, is, is exciting. There's not one fucking feud on this show that I'm genuinely emotionally invested in. The only thing on day one show is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. That goes without saying. Because that's the only thing WWE seemingly writes for. Everything else, forget about it. It's just there. It just exists. Just takes up space on the fucking card. Show was absolutely fucking horrendous tonight. I don't know how anybody watches this show and finds any... There was some geek online. I was off Twitter for the last 72 hours. God bless you. WWE does nothing right. And I got people telling me, oh, you got to find one positive thing about Monday Night Raw. It's Monday Night Raw. Positivity doesn't exist on Monday night. The fuck are you watching? What are you guys watching? It's nothing about this show that is remotely positive in any way, shape, or form. If there is, I'd be the first to tell you. I find more positive on Tuesday night when it comes to NXT than it does Monday Night Raw. And that show is fucking embarrassing. WWE is clearly taking the holidays off. Next week, I believe, is a tape show, if I'm not mistaken. I think next week is a tape show. WWE is is, uh, long gone for the holidays, folks. They got their fucking eggnogs poured. They got their gingerbread cookies on the the stovetop. They're, they're, uh, They're out to lunch here. You ain't, you ain't getting anything remotely interesting before day one, man. That's it. They gave you what they gave you, and that's it. They're taking the uh, holiday season off. That's all you need to know about that. We're going to go over what happened on tonight's show, man. We got Big E, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens after he just signed his new WWE deal. It's $2 to $3 million WWE deal. I still haven't found out if there is a no-cut clause or... Uh, a not-no-cut clause in his contract. Meltzer apparently said it. I don't know if he did or not. I, I have no idea. I don't know why, of all people, WWE would give one random guy a no-cut clause. Kevin Owens, of all people. But he signed a 2 to $3 million contract. He's in the WWE Championship match at day one. Maybe he wins it. Maybe that's his reward for signing that big-money deal to stay with Vince and the most dreaded show in the industry. Monday Night Raw. But as long as his family's being fed, good on KO. We got that situation. Not really all that exciting. Big E's WWE Championship run has been monumentally just a failure. 
Big E's WWE Championship run has been absolutely just terrible. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't know who thinks Big E's title run has been good. I don't know what the fuck he's done. What has he done that stood out? He hasn't really been positioned as a big guy on the show. Every time I look at him, he's fucking eating a, eating a pinfall or he's on the losing end of something. He got treated like a fucking afterthought against Roman Reigns, exactly where WWE positioned Big E in the uh, upper tier of the company. Oh, no, you're good, but you're not Roman Reigns. So, uh, yeah, a one-sided match with Roman is all you're going to uh, get at Survivor Series. Big E's reign is a failure. I don't want to hear it from anybody. He's not making the title look good. He's not making the show better. He's not making anybody that he's in the ring with better. I can't wait till they take the fucking championship off of him, to be quite honest with you. I wouldn't necessarily put it on any one of these fucking guys in the match, but he isn't doing anything with that fucking title. Not one single thing. Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. WWE filmed this clip at Becky's gym. This gymnasium that apparently she owns with her husband. And they filmed this thing and God, this was awful. I I don't know if you guys watch this. Becky was in the ring with a kendo stick. She takes the fucking kendo stick and she swings up here. I'm like, what? Liv Morgan? What is? How tall is Liv Morgan? What is she like? Four foot fucking eleven? And, and Becky Lynch is swinging as if she's swinging at a fucking inside ninety nine mile an hour Mariano Rivera fastball. The fuck are you swinging at? Liv Morgan's like fucking four foot, and you're swinging up here. What a bunch of fucking idiots, man. Who fucking produces this shit? Really? How did that get anybody more excited about this match? Oh my God, Liv Morgan, she's fighting behind. She's got one one wrist. Becky Lynch took advantage of her wrist. Then I got to listen to Liv Morgan cut a fucking promo, man. Jesus fucking Christ. You might as well put the goddamn fucking teleprompter in the ring with her. Because that's exactly how she sounded. No emotion. Yet this is the woman that WWE fans want to see as the Raw Women's Champion. How could you be a fucking legitimate champion if you can't cut me a fucking emotional promo on Becky Lynch, of all people? Right out of the gate. Fail. You ain't championship material if you can't cut a promo. And God only knows what Vince McMahon is thinking. Jesus fucking Christ, get that woman some goddamn promo classes. There's a reason why the Performance Center exists. What a horrible, horrible segment. We got the cutting edge tonight with Edge and Maurice. We got Ms. TV tonight. Jesus, I mean, I don't know. It's almost as if WWE went into tonight's show. How do we do as little as possible before Christmas? Ah, that's right. That's exactly what they gave you on Monday night tonight. AJ Styles and Omos is broken up. Omos is now a single guy. He's a single guy. Uh, 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 A fucking non-tag team wrestler in WWE. That's going to go over great. That's going to go over so swimmingly in WWE, right? Who asked for an Omos singles run? I know we've all been asking for an AJ Styles singles run, but Omos, you got to be fucking kidding me. This is going to be a collage. Whoever, whoever came up with that idea, clearly you came up with that, that idea about four years too soon. The guy is nowhere. The guy can't even walk. Now, you want to put this guy in a singles role? 
Yes, put him in the Royal Rumble and have him get his obligatory fucking 13 eliminations and then doesn't win the Royal Rumble. Then they got AJ Styles going back to NXT. Well, actually, I don't even know if he's ever been in NXT, to be uh, to be quite honest with you. Did he make an appearance on NXT? I'm not really sure. This might be the first time that they're actually bringing AJ Styles to NXT. I could have swore that they used him in the and Gallows and Anderson at one point in NXT. I'm not really sure. But they got AJ Styles taking a flight from Milwaukee to Orlando tonight to go appear on NXT Tuesday night to have a showdown with Grayson Waller. I mean, boy, they're really getting desperate on Tuesday nights, huh? No, but I thought Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard were going to save the show. I thought they were going to save the show. How could you fucking fail NXT so badly that within four months of their relaunching, you're already bringing WWE main roster stars to NXT 2.0? Man, those ratings, that you don't like when Rampage is now beating you in the ratings, right? The one-hour lowly rampage on Friday nights at 10 p.m., right? Fail. Now, but Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are doing such a swell job on Tuesday nights, right? What a fucking joke. What a complete joke. Just a little of my venom tonight. We're going to go over what we got to go over. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on your Monday night, wherever you may be. Make sure you guys hit that join button, man. You know what would make me happy during the holiday season? We get some new VIPs in the fucking venue. We're going to start the new year off right. As always, here on OTS, man. If you guys have not hit the join button, make sure you guys do that. Become a VIP. You'll be sitting with me and fucking Veermahan in VIP. Because apparently he doesn't want to come to Monday Night Raw. So I got him here in the fucking venue just uh, barbacking with Jesse. Make sure you guys hit that join button. And become a VIP. You guys get access to those emotes and those custom badges as well to show off your VIP status. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. We will be hanging out at the end of the show if my uh, voice permits. So make sure you guys get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show and read through them all as always. Hit that thumbs up. We got 2,000 in the venue. We got 521 likes. Something is off there. Something is off there. If I have to watch Monday Night Raw for three hours while ill... You can at least hit the thumbs up. I think that's a fair deal. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Try for a thousand likes on tonight's live stream right here on OTS for the Monday Night Raw post show. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, including Saturday's live episode 401. Almost three hours of audio content. I was here live dying. Still giving you guys a live stream, so make sure you guys go and check all that stuff out on the homepage. It is right there for you if you missed any of it. Also, make sure you guys go get your merch. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Scripts, OTS, Black and White, Throwback, NWO Design, and the LTB, Wolfpack, Red and Black. Thank you to those who have tweeted me your designs. You've gotten them before the holiday season. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to see, man. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Bonfire.com is the place for all your official off-the-script merchandise. Also, make sure you guys check out my sponsor for today's show, man, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Make sure you guys go and use uh, Script 20 
at checkout to save 20% off and free shipping. So make sure you guys go out go out and check out Manscaped, man. It's the holiday season. It's the best way to really uh, give this holiday season Manscaped. It's a great gift. I got a ton of shit out there for Manscaped, man. You give to your dad, give to your grandpa, give to your boyfriend, your husband, give to yourself. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIP20 at checkout to save 20% off. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. I don't want to waste any more of your time. This complete shit show, dumpster fire of a show, Monday Night Raw. We got... We got the uh, Bobby Lashley situation starting the show. You know, he beat Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and Big E last week to get into the fatal four-way match or make it a fatal four-way match at day one for the WWE title. I don't know how many other people in the community that do what I do found a problem with all contenders, including the champion of said match, losing just so that we may add Bobby Lashley last minute. WWE champion on TV losing in a non-title match. Oh, but, but, but JD, uh, MVP hit him with the cane. No. No, the WWE champion shouldn't look like a fucking fool. And he shouldn't be taking losses on television in a non-title match. The challenger here, Bobby Lashley, should not have to beat the champion to get into the match. If you wanted to add Bobby Lashley to said match, you could have just added Bobby Lashley to said match. It would have saved you all the headache. And would have made everybody look a little bit better in the end. So they didn't have to suffer a loss. But that's not WWE's motto. They like to make everybody look fucking weak. And they like to do the thing that makes the least sense. Of course. So, Lashley comes out. He's wearing a leather jacket over a shirt. And tie with slacks, dress shoes. He looked pretty beast tonight. He usually does. He's a well-dressed man, Bobby Lashley. You know? I'd say it's Andrade and Bobby Lashley that are the two best-dressed men in professional wrestling. So good on them. So Byron Saxton and Jimmy Smith are selling the fucking shit from last week and MVP X fans to cheer for the almighty. Nobody was cheering. Nobody was cheering. All I heard was piped-in fucking cheers or boos from the production truck and hoo hee hoo he hits a button and everybody starts fucking cheering and nobody's moving. Yeah, typical WWE. So he touted what he accomplished last week. He compared it to winning a bunch of different sport competitions in one night, like the Boston Marathon or a big MMA fight. Biggie then interrupted and walked to the ring. He said, something is sticking in his craw. Typical Biggie language. He said, Bobby, or the Bobby he knows is strong and dominant and he has a lot of sisters. Yes, please bring back that terrible storyline or bring me back to that terrible storyline. Remember that, Bobby Lashley's sisters? Wasn't Max Caster one of his sisters? Now look at him. But when it comes to getting it done in the ring, he does it all on his own. He said that's why he's so surprised when Iceberg Slim over here, he points to MVP, cracked him in the knee. MVP smiled and he was very happy about what he did. He said that made him think Lashley doesn't have the plums he thought he did. You know, who uses this type of language, really? Oh, I didn't think Lashley had the plums. Well, what are we, fucking three years old? These are two grown men, the WWE champion and a fucking legit fighter in Bobby Lashley. And we got fucking language like plums. 
being thrown around in reference to somebody's fucking nutsack. You fucking serious? Can we go a little bit more mature on this show, please? I swear to God it won't hurt you. I swear to God it won't hurt you. I swear to God the fucking six-year-old idiot in the crowd is not going to fucking care, okay? Can we have a little bit more of an adult-orientated show here? He said that made him think Lashley doesn't have the plums. He thought he did. Lashley says he didn't need help from anybody. Lashley told MVP to confirm that he interfered on his own. He says he didn't ask for or need his help. Lashley says he's no saint, but he'll spear his ass and take the victory no matter what. Lashley told MVP that people are questioning whether he can beat Biggie on his own. Listen, Bobby, uh, listen, bro, Bob, uh, nobody's asking that. Nobody's asking that at all in this crowd. They're worried about uh, what type of cheese they're going to have with their dinner tomorrow night, whether it's Wisconsin sharp, Wisconsin mild, a extra sharp, maybe a nice cheddar, a Swiss, provolone maybe. I don't know. A Gouda. Maybe a nice mozzarella. Maybe a nice Parmesan, man. This is cheese country. They don't give a fuck if you could beat Bobby Lashley or if you could be Biggie on your own. They don't give a shit. Come on now. So he revealed to uh, MVP, or he revealed that MVP, rather, told him last week that he could beat Biggie. So he told MVP to give it a try this week. He said he's a two-time United States champion. He said he'd stand outside the ring and see if MVP can win. So Biggie set him with the uh, WWE title right in the ring. He, he placed the, uh, the title in the ring. He was uh, getting ready to wrestle MVP here. And Big E was ready to fight. MVP was obviously not dressed to wrestle, and he's fucking limping with a goddamn cane. So I hope not that MVP was not going to wrestle here. But Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens jumped Lashley at ringside from behind and threw him into the ring post. Big E then joined in on the fight, but Seth and KO beat him up. Then they entered the ring and stomped away at Lashley. KO held him as Seth set up for a stomp. Big E then interjected himself in this thing. Lashley got up and gave Seth a dominator. Uh, Listen, I don't know how anybody is genuinely interested in what's going on here. How could you? You do realize that you have one baby face in this entire program. You do realize that Big E is the only baby face. Seth Rollins is a heel. Kevin Owens is a heel. And Bobby Lashley is a heel. Now, did this turn Bobby Lashley into a babyface and we just didn't know? Was this WWE's way of turning Bobby Lashley into a babyface? Certainly seemed like it to me. He was a little bit more in the sympathetic role than Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were. So does this make Bobby Lashley a fucking babyface going into the day one WWE title fatal forward? I don't know if that's really the right move here. Nobody really gives a shit about Bobby Lashley as a babyface. I think he plays the heel role a lot better. But this is what WWE has done. They've really sucked all of the care out of this entire WWE title program because you have three fucking heels and one babyface. And the babyface in this role, Big E, isn't even playing his role all that well. He sucks as champion. His entire reign has been a fucking deflating one. If I'm being honest with you, so there's no reason why I would want Big E to win this thing. He's been looking like a fucking loser every week. Why would I put my faith in Big E? Why would I want Big E to win? He's been looking like a chump every week. 
Lost here, lost there. He's getting beat up here. He's getting beat up there. All because he's the baby face in this thing. I got to cheer for Biggie. No. I don't know who the fuck I want to win this match. I said it once. I'm going to say it again. Seth Rollins has probably been doing the best work of his career, best work of his year. I'd give it on him on just work ethics alone. Not going to give it to Bobby Lashley. We've seen him. We've seen him as WWE champion already. And Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens hasn't really done anything to be a WWE champion. Not going to sign a fucking contract and then reward him with a WWE title. It's not how things work. But I said last week, if Bobby Lashley doesn't win this match, everything that you watched on TV has been a complete waste of time. Everything. Every single thing has been a complete waste of time. He won again tonight. He won last week. He beat all three guys. If Bobby Lashley does not win the WWE Championship, you have made everybody in this feud look like a fucking idiot. And Bobby Lashley, after beating everybody but can't get the job done at the main event, can't win the big one. And if Big E wins the title, or retains the title, rather, what, what, what does that do for him? Oh, yeah, he finally won one. Great. This entire thing is one big clusterfuck, man. Seriously. I don't care about Big E and Lashley as enemies. I don't care about Big E and Lashley as allies. I, I don't care. I don't care. The most interesting thing here, probably, at the end of this show, was Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens forming some sort of alliance. Because I like the makeup of that team there. Now watch WWE turn them into some fucking makeshift tag team, being that they broke up AJ Styles and Omos. Oh yeah, we'll use you guys as a tag team now. What a complete fucking mess, man. Bobby Lashley, if he doesn't win the championship, everything you've watched over the last three weeks is a complete waste of fucking time. And everybody looks worse for it. Backstage, Bianca Belair was smiling and warming up. Sarah Schreiber approached her next about Doe Drop. Doe Drop. She said that they'll have one final match where they'll learn no matter how much she attacks her, she'll never take her out. She said her hand will be held up in victory as the undeniable EST of WWE. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So emotional. So genuine. It's Bianca Belair, right? More scripted fucking shit by WWE. Uh, this is the final match, apparently. The final chapter. Yeah, how many times have we heard that one before in the past? The final chapter. The final chapter is usually just the beginning. Kevin Owens, he was backstage. He says he's known Lashley since 2004. And he somehow keeps getting younger. Says he's like a super jacked Benjamin Button. Said they need to take him out of the match. Seth says he can't hear himself think. Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville approach them. Pierce says that they have an idea for one of the greatest tag team matches on Raw ever. You know, I, I, I don't know how I, I don't know how they allow themselves to put this shit in the fucking script. One of the best tag team matches, one of the greatest tag team matches on Raw ever. They said. A tag team match between Big E and Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. You do realize what they gave you right at the top of the show, right? Typical Monday Night Raw, typical Bruce. What is Bruce? What is Bruce Pritchard giving you for Christmas, everybody? Can they coexist? It's exactly what he's fucking giving you for the holiday season. Can they coexist? 
another tag team match, which apparently is the greatest tag team match ever on Raw. Said nobody in the history of pro wrestling ever. Only Bruce Prichard. Give me a fucking break. I mean, is this, is this how much you blatantly disrespect your fucking past? And your future? Guarantee you the four guys in this match are fucking laughing at that line. You gotta be fucking kidding me. KO knew where they were going. Pierce explained Lashley and Biggie versus Seth versus and KO. Uh, this would be a tag team match. Seth walked away to think KO says they should stay together and strategize. I should strategize on what I'm going to be watching because I knew this show was going to be a fucking disaster. Maybe I should have checked what was on Food Network. I didn't do that because I was zoning in and out of sleep. Bianca Belair versus Dodrop. This is the third week in a row we got this match. Nobody cared about it the first time. Nobody cared about it the second time. And nobody cared about it the third time. I don't know why. We have this match happening again. You know, I'm still waiting on that uh, Bianca Belair getting her uh, getting her comeuppance on Becky Lynch. What happened to that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that. I'll just let it play out, says everybody on social media, right? Are we still letting it play out? What is Bianca doing going into the new year? What is WWE's plan for Bianca Belair going into the new year? This cannot be it. This cannot be it. And then WWE promotes this shit on social media. I ask why again for a third time. And then people are telling me, oh, it's to get Bianca over. Oh, it's uh, it's going to help. It's going to help Doe drop or whatever the fuck they're coming up with. Oh, they don't have enough women on the show. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? You got Liv Morgan fucking things up with Becky Lynch. You got Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley with fucking Zelina and Carmella. God knows that shit is fucking just atrocious. And then you got Bianca Belair and Dodrop. Then you got Dana Brooke running around with fucking Reginald looking at Christmas trees. You got Tamina Snuka chasing around the 24-7 title. This is your women's division? This is what you've done with your women's division. I can't wait for Bailey to come back, man. I really, I swear to God, if Bailey is ready to return, man, put her on Raw. We need some fucking excitement on this show, man. I miss the fuck out of Bailey. I really do. We need Bailey on this show. Stat. We need Bailey versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That's who I'm going with to win the Royal Rumble. Bailey. Not Bianca, not Rhea, not Tony Storm, Bailey. That's what I think is going to be the best. Bailey versus Becky, and that's going to be a WrestleMania Raw Women's title. And if WWE wants to do something on SmackDown, listen, man, I'd have Sasha. I'd have Sasha take the title off of Charlotte, and I'd, I'd do Sasha versus Tony Storm at WrestleMania. Be quite honest with you. But I know that's not going to happen. That's uh, that's asking a little too much. WWE and Bruce Pritchard. You know, we can't uh, we can't put the queen, uh, queen cream pie over there into uh, the WrestleMania main event. You know, God forbid. Doe Drop and Bianca Belair. This was not terrible, but it is very difficult for me to fucking care. This was all about one spot and one spot only. Belair teased getting the KOD on... 
on on Doe Drop. I was going to say Piper Niven. WWE actually trademarked Piper Niven, so hopefully they end up going back to that name at some point. But this was all about the KOD. Bianca teased the KOD in that first match, teased again in the second match, and Piper Niven, Doe Drop, walked away. And then that's exactly what the end was in this thing. They battled in the corner for a little bit. Doe Drop landed a cannonball, scored a near fall off said cannonball. They battled back and forth again. Doe Drop getting in some offense. Belair finished Doe Drop with the KOD. And it was impressive. It was impressive. But, you know, you got all your fucking geeks and shills and check marks on social media marking out over a fucking KOD on Doe Drop. And meanwhile, I'm the only one sitting here thinking, didn't Bianca Belair pick up fucking Otis when she was feuding with Bailey in some triathlon-like event, which is infinitely more impressive than picking up fucking Doe Drop? I mean, I, I don't understand it. And then you got some fucking, you got some complete fucking idiots on social media just blowing this up as if it's like Andre and fucking Hogan at WrestleMania 3. Are you fucking serious? Jesus fucking Christ, quit while you are ahead. Why are you people even in the podcasting game? You're a fucking joke. What a fucking embarrassment. Bianca Belair, a star athlete, a gymnast, picks up Doe Drop. Oh my God, let me bust a nut on Monday Night Raw. Like I never seen her do anything that impressive before. Jesus fucking Christ, you guys, you guys find the easiest way to be amused. Seriously. What does it mean? What does it mean? Bianca wins three times and Doe Drop loses three times. Where's Doe Drop going? After what Vince McMahon said tonight, she may be going to the fucking unemployment line. Who cares? Who cares? Is this going to get Bianca into the title picture? That's what I want to know. Fairland wins in about 12 minutes. Kevin Patrick, he interviewed Austin Theory, one of my favorites on the show. I really don't like the gimmick of him taking selfies. This is nothing more than a Tyler Breeze ripoff. WWE had Tyler Breeze on their roster and then obviously killed him off. And now they're just giving his gimmick to Austin Theory. It's no difference. It's everything but the selfie stick. So he interviewed Austin Theory, who said he feels like the luckiest superstar in the world because Vince McMahon spends so much time with him. Said he thinks he, he, he thinks he sees him as a future WWE champion. Theory walked away, and Patrick said in his, uh, in his little uh, mumbly voice, you better hope you don't lose. Better hope you don't lose to Finn Balor, which is what we got next. Finn Balor versus Austin Theory. Uh, This match itself was fine. Really good match between these two. You know, I mentioned on social media, you know, Austin Theory's great. Austin Theory's going to be fine. I don't know exactly what plans they got for him going into uh, 2022. Maybe they start off winning or having him win the United States Championship. I don't know. Maybe they move Damian Priest up into the world title picture. Who knows? That's exactly what I do with him. I wouldn't skyrocket him too quickly. He's very young. He's 24 years old. What's the rush? But Finn Balor, man, I, I tell you, I, I don't know how you guys feel about Finn Balor. When Finn Balor was on the main roster after his call-up initially from NXT, man, oh man, he started out like a house on fire. And WWE fucking dropped the ball on Finn Balor. They turned him into a fucking underwear model, walking toothpaste ad. 
that had his crotch shots be fucking highlighted by Kevin Dunn and the production team smiling everywhere. Guy was a complete fucking loser. And then all of a sudden, Triple H brings him back to NXT, wins the NXT title. He kind of anchors the brand for a little bit. He's as better as he's ever been, right? He looked as good as he's ever looked. Triple H kind of resuscitated his career. And then he gets brought back to the main roster. And everybody's like, oh, Finn is back. They're just going to take the momentum that he built in NXT and they're going to use it on SmackDown. Finn is back. Everybody's going crazy, right? Then he got moved to Monday Night Raw. And here we sit. Finn Balor feels just like he did in his first main roster run here in this second main roster run. The only thing is, he's not smiling as much. But he's still losing. He's got no credibility. He's got no momentum. He won a match tonight, but what the fuck does it mean in the end? It means nothing. Uh, he beat Austin Theory tonight. That's great. He lost last week in a fucking tag team match with the United States champion against the fucking Dirty Dogs. Finn Balor is nothing more than a goddamn mid-card act on Monday Night Raw, and it's a damn shame. It really is a damn shame. You got somebody like Finn Balor who could really transcend and bring some sort of fucking excitement and popularity to your show, and you got him feuding with Austin Theory in a nothing match. It's great for Austin Theory, because Austin Theory looked great. This is the type of guy you want in there with Finn Balor. But I mean, what is Finn Balor doing? What are you doing for Finn? This is what you think of Finn? This is the extent of what you're using Finn for? I don't know if that's really beneficial here. You got a decent main event scene if you really look at what you got on Monday Night Raw and you're wasting it away with Balor in this fucking role. Balor should be at the top of the fucking card. Yeah, but he's over here. Down below. So, Theory and Balor are a decent match. Theory took a selfie as he posed in the ring. Bell rang. Balor went right after him aggressively. Collar and elbow tie-ups to start here. Theory came back at ringside, at ringside, ran Balor back first into the ring apron. And we got Balor then coming back here. And he was trying to mount a comeback. We got Theory sweeping Balor's leg. He went for a kick on the ringside apron. He gave him a neck breaker onto the concrete outside, which looked brutal. So that goes to a commercial break. Uh, Theory was in control. Balor was uh, making a babyface comeback from behind. Theory knocked him off balance. Theory slammed Balor off the top rope. He then grabbed his phone, took a selfie as he made the cover. Balor leveraged Theory's shoulders down for a two count. Balor then made a comeback with a drop kick and a top rope coup de grace for the win. And that was it. We got Finn Balor beating Austin Theory after the revenge attack last week on Monday Night Raw. Nice match here. Uh, Austin Theory did uh, something in this, ma- in this match that really looked fucking great. There was a sit-down springboard Spanish fly on Finn Balor. It really looked awesome, man. Austin Theory is going to be something special if they allow him to go. He's got great presence. He's got uh, a great mic ability at a young age. He's very good in the ring. He looked great in this match with Balor. He did not look out of place at all. And I hope that they have major plans for him. I really do. 
This is a company that is dead set on building for the future. You have someone in Austin Theory that is the future. Do not look away from what you're doing with Austin Theory. Only move forward, please. Please. It looks like this feud is not over because something happened later in the show that looked like they're going to continue this feud, whether it happens next week on Raw or going into day one. It is not over by a long shot. Backstage, Miz told Omas he is curious if Cutting Edge can top Miz TV this week. I don't know, man. With uh, Happy Talk on Friday, we don't really have much competition to base it off of there, Mike. So, Styles walked up to them and Miz left. Styles says they'll let Miz do his song and dance and they'll win their tag team match and become top contenders again. Omos put his hand on the back of Styles' neck and says, yep, I can't wait. Styles reacted like Omos was rougher with him than he would have preferred. And he was worried that Omos is not on the same page. So we got Miz TV. This is the start of Hour 2, Miz TV. Miz was in the ring. He opened up with a serious tone here. He addressed his beautiful, loving, understanding wife, Maurice, did the Miz. Said he loves her and that he loves her and and his family and he will not talk about their relationship on Miz TV tonight and hopes that she doesn't talk about their relationship on the cutting edge tonight with Edge. And then quickly moved into his Miz TV shtick, introducing AJ Styles and Omas. So Miz, Miz, he's sitting there. Omas is there. He takes a chair. Omas. <laughs> takes a chair, throws it out of the ring. He doesn't need to sit. He just needs to stand and look intimidating, Omas. And Miz says, listen, I didn't need that chair. Thank you for getting rid of it. He tells Omas. He says he noticed that they've been out of sync lately. Styles says, like you and your wife. So Miz asked if the magic has left. Styles called it growing pains, but said they are destined for greatness. He said when he first saw Omas untapped potential, he knew he had to take him under his wing. He said he's great, and he's he's made great strides since then. And he could even become tag team champion on his own. Styles says they're seeing eye-to-eye now, and he suggested they clean house on WWE and take all the titles. Miz says, well, that's rather interesting. He said his answer felt heartfelt and sincere, and he said he heard otherwise, though. Styles said, from who? Miz said, I heard it differently from Omas himself. Styles said Miz TV is trying to create controversy. He asks, what kind of man puts the mother of his children in harm's way? Miz says, well, listen, Styles, now you're deflecting, and he should have a convo with Omas. He says he was shocked at what Omas confided in him. He said he told him he is sick and tired of carrying him. Omas looked over at Styles as if those comments rang true. Miz said Omas says he doesn't need him, and he actually thinks he's holding him back. I don't know who the fuck scripted this. It's quite laughable. It's quite laughable. Omos is sick and tired of AJ carrying him, is what was written. Omos is sick and tired of AJ carrying him. And, oh, he's sick and tired of carrying AJ, apparently. I'm sorry, I I misworded. Omos looked over at Styles and, you know, he was quite angry. 
And he thinks AJ's holding him back. Like, who writes this shit? AJ Styles is holding Omos back? You fucking serious with this shit? He said it took 15 years for Styles to get to the WWE. Whereas WWE begged Omos to sign a contract. Said Omos told him he isn't the next Andre the Giant, but he's rather the first Omos. Styles stood and said they shouldn't have come on his show and he's full of garbage. He asked Omos if what Miz said is true. As he was about to speak, the Mysterios came out and ruined everything. So they made their way to the ring and we were having an unadvertised match here. Rather odd that it interrupted this Miz TV segment. Ryan Dominic Mysterio versus AJ Styles and Omas goes two minutes. Mysterio's win. And that was pretty much it. Ray Mysterio rallied against Styles. Tornado DDT, 619. He climbed to the top rope. Styles lifted his knees on the splash off the 619. Styles crawled over for a tag, but Omas turned away and did not offer his hand to tag. Styles looked upset. Ray rolled up Styles from behind. And Rey Mysterio pins AJ Styles in two minutes. Styles looked up at Omas. He said he should have never taken him under his wing because he's a useless piece of trash. Omas shoved Styles in the face. Styles fought back. Omas brushed off Styles and shoved him hard to the ground. Styles caught Omas with a forearm. Then he set up for the phenomenal forearm. Omas grabbed Styles by the throat, lifted him on his shoulders, and dropped him face first. Omos then took a microphone and said, next time I see you, it'll be a match against me. That's what he said. Great. I don't know who asked for a fucking Omos singles run, but here we are, folks. As long as AJ Styles could potentially be moving away from this dreaded fucking tag team that long lived its shelf life, long outlived its shelf life for, uh, what, seven months now? Get it out of here. Who wants an Omos fucking singles run? Sky is going to fucking fail quicker than I could breathe. Omos. This guy's going nowhere. This guy's going nowhere, man. Yet you got fucking geeks online who think Omos is going to be capable enough to be a future world champion. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ, you guys are you guys are fucking ridiculous, man. Omos. I thought they didn't want to break this tag team up yet because Omos wasn't quite ready yet. You know, I didn't mind them sticking together as a duo, but they didn't need to be a fucking tag team. Now, AJ Styles versus Omos is taking place next week on Monday Night Raw. I can't wait to see that fucking train wreck happen. Jesus Christ. Who books this shit? As long as AJ Styles is somehow in the main event scene going into WrestleMania, that's all I think we as a fan base want. For long, too long, this guy's been held down and straddled with fucking getting this guy over. Meanwhile, all Omos has done is held AJ Styles back. One-on-one match happening next week, man. Be there for the fucking disaster. Chad Gable. He went one-on-one with Randy Orton. This is something that I'd actually like to see more than three fucking minutes, Bruce. Maybe. Couldn't give us more, th- more than three minutes for the holiday season with Chad Gable and Randy Orton, right? 
Bruce Pritchard is the Grinch, confirmed. Gable took Orton down with a leg sweep. Orton regrouped as Gable gloated. Alpha Academy. Orton applied his uh, mid-match side headlock in a three-minute match. We got the obligatory Orton headlock. Gable escaped. He applied a head scissor. Orton set up a draping DDT. Gable blocked it. Went for a German. Orton blocked it. RKO, one, two, three. That's it. I'd like to see more than three minutes next time, maybe. Looks like we're getting RK Bro versus the Alpha Academy at some point, which I have no problem with. I think the Alpha Academy should take the titles off of RK Bro, break up RK Bro, and feud Orton and Riddle. That's exactly what I'd do. But we're not getting that match yet. It's the Prophets versus the Mysterios. The winner of that match is supposed to be the final of the RK Bronament next week, I believe. Winner of that match, I believe, Russell's RK Bro at the pay per view. Orton wins in three minutes. Otis entered the ring. Or- Orton saw him coming and set up for an RKO. Otis blocked it three different times. So they're playing up the fact that Otis apparently has a brain and he's got Orton well scouted. Orton looked a little muffed or a little uh, little thrown for a tiz there because he's like, I don't know how I didn't get the RKO on this big man over here. He tried it three times and Otis blocked it all three times and Orton could not believe it. So they're booking that match next week as well. Orton versus Otis, which I'm assuming he will get the RKO next week on Otis, being that he didn't do it this week three times. Bobby Lashley, who's backstage, he's about to change into his wrestling gear. And MVP walked in and he asked if he's good for tonight and if he can trust Big E. Lashley says, no, I can't trust Big E. But he's going to kick the asses of Seth and KO. He said if Big E looks at him wrong, he'll kick his ass too. MVP asked Lashley if he was just setting up a trap earlier and not bailing on him. Lashley did answer. Said he said he needs to hydrate and asked MVP to go grab him some water. MVP said, yeah, sure thing, champ. And that was it. So could they potentially be setting up a breakup of MVP... And Bobby Lashley, remember what I said earlier? It looked like they may have been turning Bobby Lashley into somewhat of a babyface. Can't really be portrayed as a babyface if he's got MVP there. MVP kind of solidifies the heel act. So maybe they are turning Bobby Lashley into a heel, and this is the way to do uh, a babyface, rather than this is the way to do it, by splitting him up from MVP. But I think MVP is one of the best parts of the show. I do. I think he adds a lot. I would not have MVP sit around and do nothing. I'd have him find a new client. So we'll see what happens there. They may be turning Bobby Lashley into a babyface. I don't know. Damian Priest. Damian Priest. He went one-on-one with Dolph Ziggler. This was a championship contender match. These championship contender matches need to fucking die. They really do. What happened with Priest's open challenge? Wasn't he doing an open challenge every fucking week? Now we got uh, a championship contender match all of a sudden. What did Dolph Ziggler do to get a fucking contender match against the United States champion? He didn't even pin the United States champion last week. He pinned Finn Balor. But here we are with Dolph Ziggler back in the title hunt for the United States title. Man, that sounds like it's uh, extremely entertaining. Said nobody ever. 
So this match went about nine minutes. Ziggler kicked Priest in the knee. And he was going after the legs of the big man. A few moments later, Ziggler hit a superplex, which led to a commercial break. After the break was over, Priest was coming back with some strikes, clothesline, broken arrow. Referee checked on Ziggler, rude, wiped out Priest, which caused him to all of a sudden transform into this fucking cartoonish version of himself. This is a Vince McMahon fucking disaster. Damian Priest, he's like Festus. Remember Festus? He sits on the outside, and then the bell rings, ding, 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 and he turns into this fucking psychopathic killer. This is what they got fucking Damian Priest doing. They got Damian Priest revising Festus and his fucking gimmick. Old Luke Gallows. That's what they got him doing. Are you fucking serious? Why does Damian Priest need these cartoonish fucking, I'm turning into the Incredible Hulk. Are you fucking, are you fucking kidding me? Seriously, like Damian Priest doesn't look like a badass already? Who books this shit? You're insulting my intelligence. Why? Why? He's a badass. He listens to death metal. The fuck? He comes out wearing chains and he's got the light in the dark. And he turns into the Incredible Hulk. I don't believe it. I don't believe how they think this is right and cool. You're you're legitimately sucking all his cool factor from him. I hope you know. It was almost as if Vince was like, well, you know, we like him, but I want to kill him because he's a Triple H guy. But I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to him for a little bit and we'll slowly kill him over, over a period of weeks. You fucking kidding me? This shit is fucking garbage. I'm, I, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how you people in Milwaukee willingly went up to the fucking ticket booth and gave your credit card to sit and watch this fucking steaming pile of garbage. I really don't. I really don't. And then people think I'm fucking negative. Then people think I'm negative. All I want is a good show. Is that so much to fucking ask? So he, he takes Root out, right? He turns into the Hulk. He turns into the Hulk. He goes after Bobby Root. He doesn't realize that Ziggler's in the ring. He gets counted out because he's taking care of Bobby Root on the outside. So Vince made Priest into an uncool cuck, number one. And number two, another baby face looks like a blithering fucking idiot. Is there a fucking baby face on this show that is smart and actually has brains? This is supposed to be the United States champion, though, right? Meanwhile, he doesn't realize that he's in a match with Dolph Ziggler, but he's so... He's so obsessed with fucking Bobby Roode on the outside. 
Fucking Christ. This show is fucking so garbage. My God. Who, 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 who enjoys this? Who? Who? You cannot possibly enjoy this. There'll be there'll be some fucking check mark out there, man. There'll be some check mark out there that they oh, this is a great character development for Damian Priest. Fuck out of here. You fucking kidding me. Yes, because what Triple H did was so terrible, right? Moving on. I'm gonna have to take a fucking break after this one. Ziggler wins in a nine-minute countout. Great. I didn't want to see the match the first time. Now I got to see it again. Cameron was shooting Vince McMahon writing on a legal pad. What is he writing? How to destroy the fucking company week by week going into the fucking new year? Theory knocked on his door. Theory said he got caught earlier taking a selfie at a critical time in the match and it was foolish, but he got Balor back. He called it a calculated, cold-blooded, vicious attack. It really wasn't. All all he did was suplex him on a fucking production crate. It wasn't cold-blooded at all. McMahon said he enjoyed seeing him beat up Balor. You beat the chocolate pudding out of him, he said. He also said to Theory, but you lost the match, so maybe I should fire you. He said he enjoys firing people, especially around the holidays, He said it gives him a warm feeling in his tummy, just like he had a nice meal. Let me repeat that again. Vince McMahon was on this show tonight. Threatening to fire Austin Theory for losing to Finn Balor. And then he goes on to say that I enjoy firing people, especially around the holidays. It gives me a warm feeling in my stomach Like I just had a nice meal. What exactly did that accomplish with that being said on the show tonight? You know what I think that is? I think that's Vince McMahon speaking, speaking uh, truth in plain sight tonight. I honestly think that this is a foreshadowing of what's to come. I think either around Christmas, Christmas Eve, around there, maybe maybe they last through the holidays and they go uh, all the way up until New Year's. Between now and New Year's, I think that there will be terminations. I do. Otherwise, I don't know why something like that would so blatantly just be put out there. Like, why would you say that? Like, if, if you're if you're a far, if you're someone on this payroll, if you're someone on this roster in this company. And you're listening to that segment and watching that segment. Are, are you are you comfortable with your position in this company? Huh? What a what a dreadful fucking thing to say. Really? What a joke. So he said he's gonna give Theory another chance. Theory was relieved. McMahon says you can become a worthless billionaire by making bad investments. So he hopes he's not making one now. McMahon asked about the eraser on his pencil. There he said it's for mistakes. McMahon erased some of his writing. He then blew the eraser pieces at him and went, ho, ho, ho. As if he was Santa Claus and he smiled. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Vince and Theory, but can we get some subtitles for this guy when he's on fucking TV? I can barely even fucking understand 
anything that's coming out of his mouth. But I understood the fact that he enjoys firing people during the holidays, though. This guy's look, he's looking more and more like fucking Joker every single week. I see him. We're going into hour three here. Let's check the chat. We got 2232 in the venue. I appreciate you guys very, very much for joining me. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 835 likes. Likes. We need a uh, couple hundred, man. Let's do it. Let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up. Super chats. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. And I'm going to take myself a little water break because uh, I need it. I'm not really feeling 100% yet. So I'm going to back away. If you guys ever wondered what it takes to make the intro to the podcast, my team over at Deviate Designs, man, they are fucking state-of-the-art, world-class. Nobody does it better. They're going to be working on more designs for me in the, in the near future. But if you guys ever wanted to know how the Mustang design came about, let's, uh, let's throw it to uh, my boys over at Deviate Designs, man. They did one hell of a job on the intro to OTS. I love those guys. They're going to be working on some more stuff going into the new year. Also, guys, today's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save yourself 20% off. Guys, it's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a stocking stuffer or a holiday gift. I know you don't. Most guys, they are a bunch of clueless hacks going into the holiday season, man. I know I am. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, has all the tools to guarantee you win this year's Stocking Stuffer Award or White Elephant Competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. And if my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So make sure you guys get your 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code SCRIPT20. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your ass, your body, and the weed whacker, ear, and nose, nose hair trimmer. But let's not forget their famous liquid formulations. They got the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this one, and the teens secretly buy this. The women, they'll love you for it. They also have cologne-infused body wash. They got... It, it, listen, man, they, they got it all. They got it all. They got the body wash. They got signature cologne. You name it. You name it. They got it all. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free. Make sure you guys hurry to their site and ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. 
And while you're out, I get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout, and you guys are going to save big on Manscaped. I appreciate them supporting the podcast on Monday Night Raw right here. And get your 20% off, like I said. Be the ballsiest give, gift giver this holiday season with Manscaped. That's manscaped.com. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Let's get into uh, the... Let's get into the rest of the show, guys. Hold on. What happened here? I might have uh, I might have clicked off my... Uh, where is my... I accidentally X'd out my stream. Give me one second. What did I do? I messed up. I messed up my control room. I don't feel good. There you go. There you guys are back. There you go. There you go. The cutting edge. Let's get on with the cutting edge, man. Edge has Maurice on the show. Edge sat on a chair and introduced Maurice. He said they're both Canadian and they're both frustrated with the Miz. Maurice made her entrance and they replayed Maurice slapping the Miz last week. So. Edge asked how frustrating it is to be married to that dude. Marie says, listen, I'm not here to be friends with Edge. She said she's just wanting to get something off her chest. He asked if she could get or he asked if she couldn't get on Ms. TV. She said he won't let her talk. She said the most narcissistic human being on the planet is my husband. She said he won't shut up. Edge says he didn't know it would be a therapy session, but go on. She said he is narcissistic. She said that she has a knot in her stomach. She said behind her public image is a human being who wants to be respected. She said she has been with The Miz for 15 years, but she wants some thanks for all that she's done. She said she takes care of the house, the kids, the cooking, the cleaning, the business, their show. I do every single thing. Fans began booing because this was awful. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And I'm over it, she said. She said last week Edge could have hurt her really badly, but he didn't. She said she has two small kids at home, and if something happened to her, who would have taken care of the kids? Crowd started booing even louder after this because this was fucking awful. Where are all those people now about how uh, this feud is uh, just as good as Miz and uh, just as good as Punk and and MJF? Where, Where are those people at now? I don't hear you anymore. So Edge looked uncomfortable here, and he said he is sorry that her life is some sort of horrible country song. He asked if she's going to lose her dog and write off her favorite pickup truck. He asked if anybody was really buying this. He told her, cut the act. He said this is a ploy to give him a false sense of security so Miz can jump him from behind. Let me get this straight. Let, let me let me reiterate this to you guys again, okay? Edge was knowing this was a ploy, this was an act, this was Maurice faking, right? He actually said to cut the act, he said, this is a ploy, and I know this is to give him a false sense of security so Miz can jump him from behind. He told Maurice that he respects Beth too much to use her like this as Miz is apparently using her. Miz music played. Miz did try to jump Edge from behind, but Edge heard him coming. Maurice then swung her purse at Edge. Miz then gave Edge a 
really awful-looking, skull-crushing finale. Maurice left. They kissed. Saxton said at least Edge saw it coming. That doesn't necessarily make Edge one bright baby face. So Edge knew this was all a setup, and he fell for it anyway. How stupid does Edge look at the end of this cutting Edge segment with Miz and Maurice? What a complete fucking dumbass. Holy shit. This, this feud has absolutely nothing going for it. Where are you fucking people that claim to me this was going to be better or if not the same as uh, Punk and MJF? Where are you now? Huh? You got one of the smartest men. You got the ultimate opportunist here falling for fucking Maurice, hitting him in the head with a goddamn purse, knowing it was a ploy, falling for it anyway to get Miz's finishing move done to him. You mean to tell me that Edge is a smart baby face who looks like a fucking idiot after this segment? Certainly isn't the Miz. What a complete fucking fail is this feud. Is there anybody that's buying into this? This match will bomb at day one. Bomb. I knew this was a ploy from last week's segment. And if this is all leading to Beth coming, spare it. Save it. I don't give a shit about Beth and Edge teaming up. I don't. That's the best you got for Edge. I, I, I don't know. That's the best you got for Beth Phoenix coming back. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This needs to end before WrestleMania. If this carries on from now all the way till WrestleMania with that mixed tag team match happening at WrestleMania, WWE has wasted four months of Adam Copeland's career. This shit is awful. Absolutely awful. There's nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. Zelina Vega versus Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley gets her win back in two minutes. Great. She gets her win back without Nikki Trash out there. What does that say about Nikki Trash? She's about to find herself on the unemployment line. Ripley came back and won quickly after a riptide, and that was pretty much it. Who gives a shit? Sarah Schreiber approached Big E backstage. She asked... If he thinks he can get along with Lashley, he told her not to say that filthy C word. He said tonight isn't whether he can beat uh, Rollins and Owens and if he can coexist with Bobby Lashley. He says it's about setting the tone for day one. He said he has to lay hands on Kevin and Seth to do that. Lashley walked up to him and asked if MVP or if I should expect MVP to hit him with the cane again, he says. Lashley said he doesn't need MVP's help. He said... His focus is on Seth the KO, so he can trust he feels the same way. Biggie told him to leave MVP behind. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan made her entrance, and they showed Liv attacking Becky Lynch at her gym and beating her up with the kendo stick. The gym segment was fucking laughable. It really was. Becky Lynch stood in the ring with Liv Morgan there, with the kendo stick, and she's swinging up here, and Liv Morgan's like fucking four foot ten. I mean, give me a break. What are you swinging at? How ridiculous did that segment look? It's the one thing I I, I focused on there that entire. What is she swinging at? 
you guys know what I'm talking about. So Liv Morgan is in the ring with a kendo stick. They replayed the angle with angle with Becky last week. And she was standing there with the kendo stick. She said no matter how much pain she was in last week, she knew she couldn't let her get the upper hand. She said she heard Becky was going to go home and train at her private gym. So she flew out there to even out the playing field. She said some fans may have seen the footage that aired on social media over the weekend. She pointed at the big screen. We got the full clip airing. It looked ridiculous. It was five different fucking camera angles for one attack. Liv arrived with a kendo stick and whacked Becky in the back, except it wasn't Becky at first in this clip. The real Becky was standing behind her with a kendo stick, and she beat her up. Liv fought back with a barrage of kendo stick shots, sending Becky running away. Liv stood in the ring smiling. Just a just a terrible clip. I don't know how any of this really in, enhanced the storyline. She said Becky might have been a step ahead of her by disguising one of her students as her, but she still came out on top. She said Becky is willing to sacrifice one of her own students and didn't even care. I think that's disgusting, she said. She said at day one, Becky will try to cheat again, but she welcomes it. She said with her arm, it will be raised after day one. And then Becky can have more time to hang out with her baby and her husband. She said she can try to break her arm, but she'll break her face at day one and become the new Raw Women's Champion. And then Becky and her theme music played with Becky walking down the aisle. Liv Morgan. Listen, I, 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 I like Liv Morgan. I do. I like Liv Morgan. Her promo ability is fucking awful. I don't know what they got her doing or what they got her saying, but this is this is a product of WWE having somebody like Liv Morgan sit on the sidelines, sit on the bench for five years with absolutely no experience in any of these roles at all to cut a promo in front of a crowd, to be in a major program with somebody like Becky Lynch. This is WWE's fault. Liv Morgan sounded so terrible tonight, and, and she has sounded terrible. This is not the first fucking time. She sounded so terrible tonight, it sounded like she was reading off of a fucking teleprompter. There's zero emotion coming from Liv Morgan. Zero. How can I believe in Liv Morgan beating Becky Lynch if she cannot articulate the emotions needed in this program with Becky Lynch, how could she make me believe if she cannot even articulate these words and what she's saying in a genuine way? You do realize that this is a fucking fail. And what happens when Liv Morgan beats Becky Lynch at day one? You think Liv Morgan's going to retain that title going into Royal Rumble and going into the Saudi show in February and into WrestleMania? WWE is looking at everything that's going on here. They're going to do what they usually do, and they're going to stir the pot and try and drum up excitement that just isn't there. Look, Becky Lynch lost. Liv Morgan is the champion. We made a big title switch at day one. Oh, my God. Look at us. We took a chance on Liv Morgan. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, because all you did was show everybody that you're for the moment and you're not for building the future of your company. If Liv Morgan beats Becky Lynch at day one, what exactly does it mean? 
Do you see Becky Lynch going into WrestleMania without the Raw Women's Championship? Because I know I don't. Do you think Liv Morgan's going into WrestleMania as the Raw Women's Champion? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right, man. Come on. So Liv Morgan wins the title at day one only to lose it to Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, which I assume is going to be the way they're going about this. What good does it do Liv Morgan by winning the championship and only holding it for three weeks? What good does it do? She's already shown us that she's not really ready and capable to be a Raw Women's Champion just based off the fact that she can't cut a fucking promo. You're going to get some people in there to challenge for the Raw Women's Championship and be on the level of a Becky Lynch, then get somebody that cuts a fucking promo. Or better yet, stop fucking scripting these people to sound like fucking androids. She sounds ridiculous. Becky Lynch is no better. Becky Lynch is no better. So Liv Morgan isn't really learning from the best here because Liv Morgan is fucking terrible in her own right. And Becky Lynch is just as fucking awful as anybody I've ever seen. Cut a promo. She stepped in the aisle way. She congratulated Liv for foiling her master plan and beating that poor, helpless girl senseless. She said she might have broken her elbow. I believe she's still icing her arm. She said you might have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. She said she's not confident about Liv's arm. Liv said it only took one arm to beat her ass. Becky said, touche. She said everyone can get lucky once. She said her luck will run out at day one. She said she will give her kudos to stepping up and becoming the number one contender and creating a spotlight for her. She said she can't handle the heat. Liv says she can't scare her because she'll be starting the new year as the Raw Women's Champion. She said where she's standing, her spotlight is pretty bright. And she's feeling just fine. She told her to take a look up close. Becky said she's going to love to finish what she started last week. But she's not an idiot. And get in there when she's wielding her kendo stick like an idiot. Liv tossed her stick or tossed her the kendo stick and said she brought it for her. Do not insult me, Becky said. She said she's the longest running Raw Women's Champion for a reason. She said, listen, I have a private jet to catch. Toodles. Did this make you any more excited about their match? I know it didn't for me. I know it didn't for me. This entire feud has been a complete fail. It's so forced. So forced. At this rate, I don't even want Liv Morgan to win the title because it will benefit her in absolutely no way whatsoever. No way whatsoever. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley and Big E was your main event of the show. This was your uh, unbelievable, never-before-seen, most exciting tag team match of all time in the history of Raw. This is Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. So, pick it up, middle of the match here. Big E superplexed Owens, hit an STO for a two. Rollins distracted, allowed Owens to hit a super kick. Rollins followed with a frog splash for two. Rollins gave Lashley a suicide dive. Owens gave Big E a senton off the top for two. Owens missed the moonsault. Big E tagged in Lashley. He gave Rollins a neckbreaker. Overhead suplex, running clothesline, running power slam, but Owens broke up the cover. Rollins leapt over a spear attempt, and Lashley speared Big E by accident. Lashley followed immediately with a spear on Owens for the pinfall win. 
So there you go. Kevin Owens signs that new contract one week in. He's already losing on Raw. Rollins tried to break up the cover with a stomp, but he was too late. Regardless, Rollins and Owens continue to attack Lashley after the match as they just continue to pipe in the fake fucking crowd. All through these segments with this WWE title shit, man, piped in fake booing. Nobody was moving anything. No lips were moving. Nobody was cheering. All piped in fucking fake crowd noises. It's fucking sad. It really is. They hit Lashley with steel steps before Owens laid out Big E. Owens held Lashley's head down on top of the steel steps and Rollins stomped him into the steel. Owens and Rollins hugged as the show went off the air. I didn't care in the beginning and I didn't really care at the end. I mean... The WWE title program going into day one is just the utter drizzling shits. I, I don't know who to cheer for. I don't really give a shit who wins. I don't even know what the fuck they're fighting over. I really don't. What is the, what is the dilemma here? It, it, it's seemingly written for fucking dummies. Seriously. It's like this fucking feud is written for retards and... WWE says, oh, yeah, just put these four guys out there. Whatever. They're fighting over the WWE title. Who gives a fuck why they're fighting? What a joke. This entire show sucks. There's nothing about this show. You want want one positive? The one positive on this show was Austin Theory and Finn Balor was a decent match. Other than that, everything from top to bottom about this show is fucking garbage. Garbage. And I should know what to expect from this company going into the holidays, going into December and the late month, the late weeks of December. That doesn't mean that they can't fucking try. There's legitimately nothing at day one happening that's exciting to me outside Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Nothing. Nothing. It's fucking sad. It really is. That's your Monday Night Raw review. Next week, I believe, is a tape show. I'll be here to cover it. Hopefully I'll feel a little bit better than I felt tonight. But I appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast tonight. And we're going to go over your super chats in just a little bit. Guys, continue to hit that thumbs up, man. We got 953 likes in the live stream chat. Please make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand. Make sure you guys continue to get those super chats in. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Also, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. As always. Um, let's see what we got here, man. I got uh, Super Chats to go over, and we're going to start at the top. We got the Gary Sphere with a five in Super Chat. They managed to kill the passion for KO and make him into a money guy. Can't stomach three more years of seeing KO do the stunner. Also, Big E and his reign is trash. I agree. Big E's reign is utterly disappointing. But that's WWE's fault because they don't know how to book fucking baby faces. They don't know how to book baby faces. Tony Brown. My boy Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Live has zero mic skills. They pizza hut the hell out of me. I don't know what that means, bro, but uh, I do not indulge in Pizza Hut. Thank you, Tony Brown. Super cool with a $2 Super Chat. A mom was arrested for letting her kids watch Raw. 
Many mothers were arrested. It should be a fucking federal crime to watch. Let your kids watch Monday Night Raw. Thank you, super cool. Matt Eagle with a 499 Super Chat. Krampus needs to visit Vince and Bruce on Xmas. How terrible this show was. Happy holidays, JD. I'm hearing that Krampus is running wild on COD Vanguard. Not in a good way, though. I haven't played COD Vanguard in weeks, man. I don't think I'll be streaming it anymore. I think it's fucking terrible. Uh, We got a 50 in... uh, I don't know what this is. Um, 50 in PHP from Mark Elaine Lazaro. My gay friend Aaron Rift thinks you're a cutie. Thank you, Aaron Rift of NoIQ.com. Brian Jaffe with a $5 super chat. Still can't get over how great Hangman and Danielson was. One of the best matches I've ever seen in 37 years watching. Then Raw gives us this garbage. Some people are claiming that it's the best match of the year, man. Chakoy with a $2 super chat. Fun fact, Veer was a former baseball pitcher. Yes, he was for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can see why. He pitched for a loser team, and now he's on the loser brand of pro wrestling. Gregory Benson with a $9.99 super chat. I got to shake hands with both Thunder Rosa and Jordan Grace yesterday and told Rosa that I'm a regular listener of the podcast. And she thought I was legitimately from New York. Uh, You know, shout out to Thunder Rosa, man. Always doing great work. And shout out to Jordan Grace, man. You know, people say that I'm a... uh, I'm a cancer to the IWC, man. Social media and the IWC have claimed the victims of Sammy Guevara, Tay Conti, Jordan Grace, you know, for what? I, I don't understand why, uh, why everybody's just an asshole. It's unbelievable to me. Shakoy with the $2 Super Chat. People who attack Tay Conti are not wrestling fans. No, they're just no-life degenerate virgins who have absolutely no sex life or life of their own, and they have to uh, meddle in other people's affairs because they have no affairs of their own. Quite sad. You know, I said this on I said this on Saturday. I don't know, I don't know why Sammy went public with it. You know, he should have knew, he should have expected what was gonna happen. I don't know why he just couldn't have talked about it with her privately. I don't know why he needed to announce it. And then he he, he announced it that they, they that they split in October. So I don't I don't know why that he I don't know why he needed to announce that they split now. Like people are not dumb. They see the interactions with him and Tay, and it's they're going to lead uh, one thing to another, and it's like you know you're not going to create something good there. I feel bad for both of them. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Tay Conti, you know, you, you go follow her on social media. What, what, what has she done on social media that is so damning? All she does is post her pictures smiling and showing how happy she is and this and that. Nothing but a fucking positive light is Tay Conti on social media. And then people want to fucking throw her under the bus for being a home wrecker and this and that. Who gives a fuck who's with who? What business is it of yours, really? 
Jesus fucking Christ. Go touch some fucking grass. Seriously. The fucking holiday season and you're on social media meddling in other people's love lives. Ryan Jaffe with a $2 super chat. Thanks for watching tonight. I had to check out. I almost checked out halfway through. Gregory Benson with a 499 super chat. Did you know Jordan Grace Flex is better than Dana Brooke? Yes, I do. The only the only way Dana Brooke Flex is better is in the kitchen. Titus Cater. Uh, Salvatore Soria with a $2 super chat. This show is trash when Vince rips up the script. The show is trash when Vince writes the fucking script. Never mind when he rips it up. Magician Sapphire with a $10 super chat. Great OTS as always, JD. Didn't see most of tonight's Raw. Went to Outback Steakhouse with the family. Bro, that sounds like a fucking delicious alternative. I could actually go for some Outback myself. Last time I was in Chicago, Jesse and I went to Outback. Mediocre steaks at best. I wanted to take them somewhere a little bit more uh, expensive. It was the only place open in Schaumburg. Versified with a 499 Super Chat. I don't know what's more annoying with that Beavers production, the piped-in crowds, the CGI entrances, or the camera zoom in and out that causes seizures. Bro, the piped-in crowd noise is fucking awful. They are so lame. They think they're doing good. They're not. They're not. Devin from New Jersey, 2000, with a 499 Super Chat. If WWE wanted JD to be the one to welcome us to Monday Night Raw, how would you do it? Welcome to the worst show in the industry. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Captain Solo with a fight off Super Chat. Hope you're feeling better, JD. Keep up the good work. OTS for life. Thank you, Solo. I'm not there yet, bro. I am not there yet, bro. Oh, thank you, Technical Work Great Productions, you fucking no-life loser. How does it feel to wait four weeks to fucking chat in the uh, in the stream and then you get benched anyway? There's a reason why I'm number one, bitch. That's exactly why you're here. Get the fuck out of my venue. Worst fucking accounts on social media in the IWC, man. Technical Work Great Productions. Suck my dick. Devin the Doppelganger with a 999 Super Chat. Can you see AEW at some point down the line introducing a UK-European title? No. They could possibly crown the first ever champ on their eventual UK show. Or is this another singles title too much? No UK title and no singles title coming to, uh, to AEW. No. The only title I want to see is the Trio Championship. Trio Championship, and that's it. 
Sting29J with a $5 super chat. Pumped to go to my first Dynamite. I don't drink, but may need a case of Crown Royale when I take my niece to a WWE event. So, JD, can you get me a good deal? Uh, I don't know, bro. I got uh, I got all Crown Royale you need in the venue behind me. Which one you like? You like Crown Apple or you like Crown Vanilla? I'm a Crown Apple guy myself. I get you some sweet deals on peanut butter whiskey. Screwball. Enjoy your first dynamite, bro. And trust me, you're not going to need any alcoholic beverages at dynamite. Uh, Hooligram with a $5 super chat. About 25 minutes ago, Killer Cross tweeted that Ian Moxley is happening. Please take all of my money. Killer Cross and John Moxley, huh? I'm here for that. I'm here for that, no question. Uh, Brian Edwards with a $5 super chat. A friend asked me if I was going to day one and I just left. Uh, the only reason to go to day one would be probably for Lesnar and Reigns, and that's about it. The entire show looks like a complete disaster. Tyrek Jackson with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think Liv Morgan looks strong in this segment? No, I think Liv Morgan looked like a complete loser in this segment. She sounded awful. She sounded awful. And Hollywood guy with a five dollar super chat. I'm not a fan of AJ Styles jobbing to Omas. AJ needs to go to AEW very soon. AJ's not going to AEW anytime soon, bro. I think he's got like three years left on his five year deal. And Devin the Doppelganger, four ninety nine super chat. Really disappointed. The Battle of the Belts is just one hour, but I'm still very excited. Yeah, I read today that the Battle of the Belts is one hour. I thought it was going to be two hours, but. An hour of wrestling on Saturday night, man, like it was in the old school. Can't really, uh, you can't really blame Tony Khan for that, you know? Can't really blame Tony Khan for that. He's giving us professional wrestling on a Saturday night. That's important. And it should be a good show. Should be a really, really good show. Anyway, guys, uh... I'm about to get the hell out of here, man. I am. I am fucking exhausted. I am exhausted. I gave you all that I had left of me for the rest of the day, man, on this Monday Night Raw review. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, please hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got four more to go for a thousand. Four more likes. Until we get to 1,000. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up and you're still in the chat, hit that thumbs up, man. And the dislikes can't be seen, so... Fucking cancers like technical work rate productions. They can hit the thumbs down and they won't be seen. <laughs> fucking losers. Thank you guys very much, man. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for your support. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. 
Hit that join button as well. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Go check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys need to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout this holiday season. 20% off and free shipping. And I'll see you guys tomorrow night, man. We got NXT. NXT tomorrow night. AJ Styles and Grayson Waller, apparently. We are going to be uh, live from the venue. Talking about NXT, man. Continuing the content this month for the month of December. We'll see what's up. Maybe they uh, maybe they surprise us tomorrow. Who the fuck knows? Uh, I will be live on Christmas Eve for SmackDown. Yes. I will not be doing Rampage on Christmas Day, though. But I will be live on Friday for SmackDown. All right, guys. I'm getting out of here. I need uh, two things from me before I get out of here, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. And if my VIPs got them, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And number two, man, when you hear that guitar solo come on and you hear Pilot come in, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow for NXT, man. AJ Styles invades the WWE Performance Center. I'll see you guys later.